0: Welcome everybody and uh, here we are on the shout out to the old me podcast. How are you Cara? I
1: am doing all right. Caitlin doing
0: oh, all right. I'm glad to hear it. I think
1: that's You know, we're still in lockdown, still, you know, living living our best lives. It is the last day of winter today, which was pretty exciting. It was like 23 degrees on my walk around the block today, which was very exciting. Otherwise, just spending a lot of time at home. To, yeah, so I suppose the right thing to do, but otherwise, excited to be here with you for episode thirty-five of wow. this little podcast. Can it's you just, believe it?
0: It's ticking along,
1: it and is. um,
0: it is fun. I can't believe it's been th- thirty-five episodes. What yeah. are we, what have we even been talking about? <laughs> but anyway, today on yeah on this thirty-fifth yeah (laughs) episode um we're doing another on the record episode which is exciting where we deep dive into one of our mutual favorite albums Mm -hmm. and um it's all time lows turn again we've talked about them a lot (laughs) on this podcast but i think if i recall back to our episode completely dedicated to them yeah we didn't really talk about Nothing personal. I don't think
1: we talked about the album a huge amount. I do yeah. remember that I think I picked um, the 10-year anniversary doco slash oh, yeah. concert thing mm-hmm. as one of my favorite bits of, was there a pick that was like this yeah. bit of content or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, and I think that yeah. was my favorite content. Um, yeah. or interview. I think you're right. Was that doco. But in terms of the actual album, I'm just looking it up now. I don't Yeah, because we... I
0: don't think we picked it as like our, one of our favourite albums or you or might have talked about Weightless as a live song too, possibly.
1: Yeah. So, yep, neither of us picked yeah. one, it as an album. Yep, no, neither of us picked the live song either. Yeah. <laughs> so but it is but I think overall as an album
0: Yeah. Like you I said, it is definitely it, one of the right.
1: most like ones that we share a love for, but also it's I feel a like a sentimental favourite. Yeah, absolutely. But I
0: think it was too obvious. You know, like sometimes yeah. when you do episodes, it's like, Oh, well, I don't want to be too obvious with what I'm picking.
1: You don't want to pick whatever i likes. Which is <laughs> that's
0: that that is the story of my life. I'm so like that, which is you detriment you are a a detriment detriment. That is to your my, life
1: your life story. I do <laughs> not want to like whatever I like. I will be the only one that likes right. this thing, and that is the way it will be. You can only you can only also like it if I'm the one that tells you. But yeah, it. no,
0: I and I'm sure that that will come up again in this yeah. episode where uh, mm-hmm. I'm like that probably. But yeah, it just seems like it was such a an overlooked album in yep. that episode that we should do a whole episode dedicated to it. Absolutely. So that's what we're gonna do.
1: And I mean, 2009. What a yeah. year!
0: Like
1: the I year know. before we met, we were in year ten. Uh, yes. What a what a time! What a time!
0: <laughs> I know. I just yeah, because this would have come out. It came out in July. Great. So oh my god. Yeah, 2009 was an interesting one. But mm-hmm. it also it falls in an interesting sort of time for all time low in the fact yep. that. You know, it's like it's their third studio album, but is widely recognized as their like second full length mm-hmm. album, following up from "So Wrong It's Right," obviously in two thousand and seven, which again <laughs> feels like so long ago, but also like it was yesterday. And yeah, to think that this is this album's eleven years old is yeah. wild.
1: It's like I saw a thing the other day that was like, um, you know, this the, the nineteen eighty five song. Oh yeah if that was written today it would be written about 2002
0: yeah well i think i feel like time Sarah, is fake. <laughs> yeah i feel like someone sent me a tiktok about that that someone think, had rewritten I it i, I think oh you might have sent it t- i yeah. think you both did because <laughs> you know me so well um, yeah. but yeah it is wild to think that that would be yeah would be written now but um you sort of just mentioned before about the documentary that they did as yes. a 10 year tribute which i think was like the perfect way to celebrate
1: that album and to have,
0: like, these songs rebirth because a lot of these songs, like, we don't ever hear live anymore. (laughs) There's some real deep
1: that we'll talk about today. But, I yeah, I really love the re-record as well because you can just hear the evolution too. Like, I mean, Alex's voice is the obvious call-out in terms of things that have developed and grown and become even more amazing yet still exactly the same. Like, it's still that recognisable sound. But also the musicianship. Um, from Jack, Ryan and Zach as well is really cool. So, yeah, I'm a really big fan of that. But we are here to delve into the deluxe edition of the original. So there is one bonus track that we'll get to. I was looking on Wikipedia and apparently in the UK they got four bonus tracks. What? Which is a whole thing. Um, Unbelievable. But it did also, um, to promo the album, this was the one when it was released that they performed – three shows in three different cities in yeah. a 24-hour span, yep. um, which was a whole thing. And then it was part of the promo. They went to Reading and Leeds, which would be awesome. And it actually got to number four on the Billboard 200 charts. That's pretty in cool. In its first week, which was, you know, the, the biggest ever first week sales that All Time Low had, had. So Yeah, well, I guess because yeah.
0: when I think about this album, I do think of it opening up a lot of doors for them because I think before this they had sort of, toyed with the idea of signing on to a major label, mm-hmm. um, which you know, they ended up doing, it didn't work out but it opened up that opportunity which then uh, has allowed them to make music for as long as they have you know, like it, and also this album gave them so many great tour slots, like they yeah. opened for Fall Out Boy and stuff like that so obviously, yeah, it solidified them into the scene, but also yeah. kind of gave them a bit of like hey, we can do what you know, like a Blink-182 had done and a Green Day had done, which is then, you know, sort of appealed to the masses. Yeah,
1: and it also kind of earned them a bit of, I feel like, music industry cred as well. Oh, for sure. Some of the people that they collaborated with
0: um, on this album. Yeah, so they worked with four different producers, which is crazy for an album really, especially like a pop-punk record because usually what happens is they sit down and it's like, okay, We'll have one producer and like a couple of writing credits and whatever. But to split it up over four and to have a cohesive record is pretty impressive. And I'm sure we'll talk about them all sort of individually as we go through the track list. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a good intro to nothing personal.
1: Yeah, I reckon. So similar to what we did for the Five Source Youngblood album on the record special, we are going to uh, switch off with each song. We're going to talk a little bit about... Who wrote it, what we like about it. Caitlin's gonna work her magic and insert a little clip and yeah, that's you know, just the vibe today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy listening to one of our favorite
0: albums of all time. Do you wanna kick ooh, us ooh. off with track number one, Caitlin? Um, yeah, so I'll kick us off with Weightless. <laughs> what a perfect song to start with. So good. Maybe it's not my weekend, but it's gonna be my, my so minutes. It's the opening track on the album, but it's also the first single from it, um, which was released in April of 2009, three months before the album dropped, and it was really like... A great little teaser of what Nothing Personal would be. Like this big pop punk record. I feel like I remember it so vividly, and everyone was so excited on the all time forums, on MySpace. This track was on bes- the forums. On oh the, forums. I so know, deep in the forums. So 2009. I know. Well, and this song is so 2009. And yeah, it was produced by Matt Squire, who they had worked with previously on So Wrong. Um, But he's worked with like Panic at the Disco, Good Charlotte, The Cab, The Main, Taking Back Sunday, just to name a few, like, you know, all these producers on this record have worked with incredible artists. So that in itself was really exciting, especially when they sort of released who they might be working with. And those names that kind of came up was like super exciting. But yeah, I remember listening to this song, like I said, on MySpace and buying it on iTunes. And, you know, it's got that classic line which is maybe it's not my weekend, but it's going to be my year. And that was, like, my personal anthem. And I think for most I mean, fans, it st- still is mine, I mean, to is. be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, it's always been such a great lyric that, you know, if you're having a kind of crappy sort of yeah. situation, it's like, just remember that lyric it's because a, it's things it, it's can a, get better.
1: Yeah, and it's a massive, like, windows down driving song <laughs> yes. as well. And then my other personal favourite thing is Weightless is, like, every end of December every year those memes start floating around that it's like if you start playing Weightless at 11 <laughs> whatever and this yeah. many seconds at exactly midnight the maybe it's not my weekend but it's gonna be my year It'll lyrical play, play. <laughs> and oh my honestly God. that's the energy I want to be bringing into a new year <laughs> absolutely
0: and like as a 15 year old sort of kid you know there was also a lot of like um, I can't wait to get out of my small town. Like Which really punk resonates band with the, yeah. <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs>
0: so that song, so that's, yeah, it just sort of encapsulated everything that I think, well, that I was feeling at the time. And I think that's why it resonated with a lot of people. Also, I feel like this was a cultural shift. I know we throw around that phrase a lot nowadays, but it was yeah. Um, specifically in the pop punk, like emo pop scene and pretty much straight out the gate. It was like that when they released it and then the painfully accurate, and so 2009 that it hurt music video featuring (coughs) Mark Hoppus and Pete Wenz, never forget. I actually went back and watched it earlier and like, it is so funny
1: is it <laughs> like put it so like honestly put it in a museum like it's <gasps> fun. and because that's is. obviously it also um, you know goes around the theme of the album being nothing personal with all yeah. the quotes right yeah and, like the amazing. animation of the words is so yeah. piqued in
0: that <laughs> my favourite bit is the v-necks I think yes. we all have to have a really hard look at ourselves the
1: v-necks um, paired with the strong Gasgarth fringe yes. was like I mean he still has a fringe because I don't know if you've ever seen him with his hair pushed back, but that forehead is something to contend with. But oh, like
0: Oh my god. Oh burn. <laughs> but it's just it's always been a
1: thing, right? Like he's always had the fringe in some capacity. But this is when like he had so much hair that it <laughs> yeah, was just- You had like, to fringe it. <laughs> it was crazy. And anyway. had nowhere else
0: to go. Yeah. Um but yeah, Love Weightless. It's it's a song they still play, obviously. To this day in their live set, and I can't imagine them ever taking it out now since they've reworked it into the live masterpiece that it is like getting rid of that metronome sort of beginning and it's tripped back.
1: I also love the story of how, with the live version, why they took the metronome out, which is that like they were at a festival. In the UK, and the, this is mm-hmm. again a peak two thousand story that like the iPod that they brought that had the metronome sound on it wasn't working, so yeah. they had to play it without it. And Alex did yeah. that sort of acapella intro, and then it stuck. And it's and I mean personally, I like it better.
0: But um, well, it's refreshing yeah. too. Refreshed it, like, but that is a, it's a funny origin story of changing yeah. it because it is <laughs> like because that was a pretty iconic I, part because the it. iPod didn't work. Like, oh my god, it reminds peak, me of Flume in his peak USB. Two thousand
1: and ten. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and that
0: and I, that's why like weightless will be. It's timeless. It's one of those timeless songs that I think, no matter when you listen to it, it's relevant. Especially with that lyric, like we just said, it's like that is, you know, you could use that in any time in your life, and it still is um, accurate. So love weightless, great opening track for the album really set All Time Low on a trajectory that I'm so glad they went on because otherwise we wouldn't have had the amazing records that we talked about um, in our All Time Low episode. So, mm, yeah.
1: Exactly. Right. So track two is
0: Break Your Little Heart, right? Yep. Break your little heart. why don't you take the fall? to the hospital. Because
1: there's nothing surgery can do. This one uh, was written by uh, the four members of the band, and then also uh, Matt Squire, who produced it um, and wrote on Weightless as well. Mm-hmm. And Oh, it's so catchy. <laughs> like it just gets stuck in your head. But the thing that I kind of really wanted to shout out, at least for me, when I hear Break Your Little Heart, is that really recognizable riff that it yeah. has. Yeah. Um, the slightly salty lyrics, <laughs> yeah. which is very much like it's not, this is not a love song at all which I guess yep. is suggested by the title but it's very much where this sort of yeah like this sassy salty like shady lyrical quality started to come out it does appear a few times in the rest of the of the rest. yeah the that album. there is a
0: running theme I you know what I because I just watched the 10-year tribute yeah. earlier and i love how alex describes it as someone taking a poo poo on your heart so you take a poo poo back <laughs>
1: literally because it's just like it's so funny i'm gonna break your heart and like yeah. you're gonna go to the hospital but they won't be able to fix it because i've broken your heart so badly there's nothing surgery
0: can do so
1: so just basically suck it like it's just yeah you know.
0: it is a bit of a it's a middle finger for sure to yeah. an ex which is hilarious but yeah. um yeah, I, I I went to school with someone. We went to school with someone, I should say. And I remember it being his favourite song. Like ever? Well, actually, I think so. At right. least it was his favourite All Time Low song. But okay. favourite song it, like it was up there as like an all-time favorite. Which I is mean, it is a great
1: song, but um, it is interesting. But... The other thing I wanted to mention was as well. Break your little heart has the nothing personal lyric. Oh out, yes, right. That is important. Yeah, you were fake. I was great. Nothing personal. Oh, what a sick burn! <gasps> it's basically just it's an just... entire song just full of sick burns. I really. feel
0: like whenever someone says it's not nothing personal, it's like well, it is. That, that's it's that's the whole like, point. Like, yeah,
1: it's like when people say no offense, yeah. but it's <laughs> exactly. like. Exactly. absolutely offense intended yeah, just because he offense. said no offense doesn't mean i'm not offended <laughs>
0: exactly right it's not one that we hear very often now no
1: sadly which is why again the re-record was so great because yeah we got to
0: hear it um, that's what i loved about that full so much. production value
1: but yeah it is one of those ones that's yeah really catchy i think the riff is great but and it's it's what i would consider a you know typical like textbook all-time low song but it that is not a negative thing at all. Like I think that's a real strength of it in the songwriting and in the sound. Yeah. It's just a fun, fun little bop.
0: It is the definition of a bop. Yeah. Because agree. it's
1: like one of those songs that's like actually really horrible
0: <laughs> lyrically. Yeah. Like it's me. But it's masked. Because
1: like, it's on like a catchy melody. We're like, yeah. cool, this is fun.
0: Yeah, All Time like, Low do that really
1: well actually. I appreciate um All Time Low giving teenagers everywhere YouTube links to send to their other teenage boyfriends or girlfriends when they broke up with them just to yep. be, you know, extra angsty about it. It's the just one like, you on, on on MSN yep. Messenger put like the lyrics in your in your um Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Track 3. Now this one, oh, um, so excited. I love it. <laughs>
0: Second single for the -hmm. album, which, again, what a song. And it it charted
1: really well, right?
0: I think it did really, yeah, this one did really well. And you can tell what, like, you can sense that it's like, it kind of is written Anyway, I'll get into how it was written, which then makes yeah, it interesting it that it was their, so successful.
1: Their first um, Billboard Hot 100 charting song; it charted at number sixty-seven. Wow! And it was their only song to chart until Monsters charted in twenty twenty-one. No. So, oh my god! Well, yeah. that
0: is amazing. Yeah, yes. I didn't know that. Butch Walker produced it, and uh, Butch is like a legend. He's a great artist in his own right, but as a producer, he's made some of my favourite albums of all time, including A Hangover You Don't Deserve by Bowling for Soup. Like, such a great... Actually, we're just talking about 1985, That's <laughs> because that's on that yeah. album, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Santi by The Academy Years and Vices and Virtues by Panic at the Disco and many more. But, like, he was so entrenched in the scene that... For them to then work with Butch would have been such a massive deal for them because this is the first time they collaborated with mm-hmm. him. And the song is sonically different in its approach because they talked on this 10 year tribute about Butch being old school and didn't like those like new age plugins that everyone was using mm-hmm. to make really polished music. You know, he liked the more grittier and looser experimental kind of approach. And it sounded like that experience working with him taught them that they didn't need to be perfect. It just needed to be genuine to make an impact, which I think is really great. Like I loved hearing that insight because like the Academy is, the one thing I love about All Time Low and about the Academy is, is the fact that they sound exactly the same live as they do recorded. Because we've been to shows where you go and see someone and it goes both ways. Like I remember seeing Tom O'Dell and he sounded 10 times better live than he did recorded. But then there's been other times where you see bands and they're not as good um, because, you know, in the producing, if you make it too polished, it's hard to then Yeah, you translate can never live that. up
1: to it. You can never translate it live yeah. just because – and it's not because the art – like, you're not, like, manufacturing the artist's talent. It's just that the literal, like, way you've produced it and yeah. the resources and the technology you've used cannot be – easily recreated in a live environment yeah Yeah. and you're
0: just taking out all of the natural sort of like inflections on a voice or you know specific like tuning notes so they're perfect and all this sort of stuff so I thought that was really good insight about Butch but so him writing this song and for that to be so like to chart so well is cool because it's like you know it's a song that they just made just really genuinely and, and and really loved it as a band to release it as a single. I think this one, this one's a, is a set staple. Like I think I've seen damned every single time.
1: I also um always think of the claps. I've got a shout out for claps yes. later on as well. But I also th- always think of the claps in damned. Yeah, I always I don't, I don't. I, yeah that is that yeah. is really good.
0: <laughs> but yeah, and I yeah I just I really love this song. I think the arrangement's are a little bit different too when they do it live. Like when I just listened to it earlier. Um, it's a little bit different. Basically, like, the crowd... Well, it's one of their best live songs because of the claps and yes. because the crowd basically <laughs> sings the first yeah. verse. And yeah, yeah, I love it. It's one of my... It's definitely one of the standout songs. Yeah, Not just because it was a single, but I think even if it wasn't, it would probably, yeah, stand out because of those sort of little little tidbits of making it, you know, just just a really great live song. And you know that when you're listening to a song like that, that it's going, it's going to translate. Yeah, um, Sort of absolutely. similar to like a sleeping in from wake And it's up songs, also sure.
1: like, I think lyrically just like so interesting, but it's also where they're starting to play in that kind of, you know, literary lyric space because it's like, you know, what is it? You left me police tape chalk line particular <laughs> yeah. shots at the dark scene of a crime yeah. or something. Like, you know, like it's one of those ones where it's like, oh, okay, we're being, you know, a little bit... Moving away a little bit yeah. from the I hate this town and everyone sucks kind of <laughs> thing. It's a little thing, bit more specific. A little bit more specific. Yeah. But I'm I'm very, very here for it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great song. And it always is. I reckon it's a dance floor filler as well.
0: Yeah, well, Not I've that, definitely you know. heard it at many uh, emo nights over yeah. the years. It's it a bit of a run. Much <laughs> like the next one, actually. Yes. This one's a dance floor filler. That's for sure so track number four
1: lost in stereo this one was written again by the members of the band uh but also uh sam hollander and dave Katz, who According to my research at the time, we're known, um, we're a producing and songwriting duo. Mm-hmm. Um, known as Sam and Sluggo, and they had previously uh, worked with uh, Cobra Starship on the theme song for the 2006 film Snakes on a Plane, which was called Snakes on a Plane, Bring It. Come on, bring it. Which is one of the best song titles I've ever heard in my life. But in 2008, they were named like the Rolling Stone hot list producers of the year. Like they've written and worked with so many artists. We're talking, you know, Metro Station, we the Kings, Good Charlotte, Train, Katy Perry, Gym Class Heroes. So all of these like incredible artists the one thing that i wanted to kind of pull from my wikipedia research about this duo that worked with all time low on the song is that they played an important role in the history of emo helping to transform the musical genre from its underground roots to a polished mainstream sound in the mid-2000s And I think that speaks to what you were saying, you know, about, yeah, like the fact that working on this album really took the band to the next level and they were starting to collaborate with some really, you know, important and influential people in the music industry, but they are also kind of taking their own artistry um, to another level, which is really cool. It's also just like a banger. Like it's literally like break down the doors, like (laughs) let's go. It used to start the live set for a really long time, right? Is that? Yeah correct yeah so um like i'm thinking of straight to dvd yeah Um, it's the start of the live set there which is where like the curtain thing comes down and it just like like ramps straight into it yeah with um like ryan just killing it on the drums and then you also have those really awesome like echoey harmony kind of call and response sort of things going on, which I also really yeah. enjoy. Yeah, it's just an absolute, absolute banger. That's all I really have to say about it, to be honest. It was also the the third single um, from the album. Yes. I don't was. know how well it charted. I don't have that in my notes. but Yeah,
0: I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it's such a big song. And straight to DVD, like that first one, was really like – Pretty much featured most of these songs, yeah. So because it, cause it came right out era. just after, yeah. But I think Sam, I think they worked on Hollywood. You turn me on from So Wrong. I think they wrote on that song. Which again,
1: speaking of iconic songs, but, with well, and that stories. song is a perfect
0: example of bringing like because that's like a that's got a synth in it too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like it's like a, it's very. Di- it sounds a lot different too. Yeah sort of the rest of that album. I would recommend with this song to go and listen to the re recorded version of it because there's yeah. like Screamo on it. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot heavier, it's a lot grittier. And so yeah. I think that's what that's what this song lacks, but what it it brings it's different to the album yeah, when you which can I see love. how it's
1: how it's evolved and through I love the, live the evolution shows has yeah. evolved. But it's also, yeah, like that immediate, like, you know, with the the opening with the lost in stereos, like really grabs your attention. But then again, lyrically, when it's it's similar to um, I guess JC in a ra- in a way with like the, you know like my favorite my favorite lyric and it's the one that I always put like when we go and see All Time Low and then I do a fun insta post of the um of the concert yep. the caption that I always like to use is the um she works for the weekend mixtape of her favorite bands Aww. because it's just so cute it and it's cute. also like All Time Low is one of our favorite bands and I think so many people that go to their shows Mm-hmm. Um, do appreciate the sentiment of the song, which is, you know, absolutely giving in to and drowning in, but in a good way, not like in a drowning way like no in, it- way, in the music immersing yourself yeah. is probably a better way to say probably. than drowning <laughs> but just you know completely giving yourself up to that experience of especially being in a live
0: show and, and listening to the song yeah absolutely well there's a reason why they refuse to take it out <laughs> yeah <laughs> they seem so hell-bent on keeping it in which you know what mad respect if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna go for it go for it um so that's the fourth song isn't it uh, yes. Yeah. So number five, Stella. I remember how you tasted. I've had you so many times, let's face it.
1: One of my favourite all-time low songs. I know.
0: That's why when I saw that it fell like this, I was like, oh, Cara loves this song. So feel free to add. But <laughs> this fun. was um, produced again by Matt Squire. Um, and I think Stella is my favourite all-time low song to sing along to. Yes, because I the think lyrics that's why it's
1: one of my favourites as well, like in general it's because yeah. it's so, yeah.
0: And we get the first, I think it's the first, uh, gang vocals, which Ooh, very important yes. to the All Time Low history. Yeah, um, we love a gang vocal on um, on this record. So, yeah. again, with that, I think the main guitar riff is one of my favourites. Uh, and yeah. I have a specific memory attached to Stella, which is when I was in high school. One of my closest friends was a drummer. Uh-huh. And um, along with Girls Do What They Want by The Main, she thought that this song, Stella, would be easy to teach me. Oh, uh, yeah. Because I wanted to learn. Like, if you put yeah. a drum kit in front of me, I want to play it. You know, uh-huh. I want to have a crack. But it turns out that I have the skill of a peanut, Uh, when it comes to all and every musical instrument. But also drums is so hard. Just not naturally gifted. Drums is so hard because you
1: literally have to use every limb of your body and hand-eye coordination and it's so hard. Like, I, yeah, I can't. I just... Like, I've played musical instruments, like, through most of my, my youth, but drums, yeah. And it always used to annoy me because drummers would, like, get so much shtick in, like, bands and stuff that I was in for being, like, dumb.
0: And I'm just like, have you uh... actually looked
1: at what they're managing to do with their bodies? Because, like, it's actually <laughs> ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah.
0: No, 100%. It's not... Yeah, definitely not an easy instrument to learn um, or just try to pick up. And so I have there's a little bit of frustration whenever I hear Stella because I think of that moment of like just complete despair at the fact I wasn't good at something.
1: Yeah, um, it's also you and I share that thing, though, where we're, when we're not immediately so good angry. at something. We're just like,
0: oh, <laughs> <So, laughs> well, I guess uh,
1: I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, it's exa- why we oh, have yeah. like basically no hobbies. <laughs> I
0: threw those drumsticks down so hard. It's like, fine, I won't. But she was really good at it, so at least I got to enjoy it vicariously. Yeah. But, yeah, so I do love Stella, though, I, even though I have that memory. But it is. It's one of those. I love it when they play it live, too. Like Whenever yeah. they put it in a set, it's like that little treat. You yes. don't always get it, no. Um, but it's such a fun one to sing to. That's that's why I think it's yeah. It's definitely up and there a, as a face.
1: I also again appreciate like
0: how clever they tried to be with
1: the lyrics. I know, I know. Like oh, like, I, I don't think is, it it was... is it a is it a girl called Stella or are we singing about beer? I'm yes. Like, oh, good job, boys. Yes,
0: it's, <laughs> it's, you get a little bit of both in there. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I love the lyrics. Very very sm- smart boys. Yes, great songwriting.
1: Track six. Oh my goodness, it's almost my bedtime. It's oh like- my god, you <laughs> it's can it's do like- it. It's nine p.m. It's okay. We'll push through. <laughs> so the next track is Sick Little Games. <laughs> my list i don't know what the song credits are like on yours but is mm. every band member credited on yeah track? they are yeah, yeah that's, that's why i've just gone online. with producer
0: but they they all yeah, yeah they're all credited i think <laughs> all yeah. in the room <laughs> all in the room all contributed a word or a sentence yeah. or
1: something um but yeah sick little games again is the four band members and uh butch walker mm-hmm. which is really great it's a slightly different vibe it's a little bit slower i this is a very niche reference but i was listening to the album today on my walk so mm. i could prepare for this episode and <laughs> it really gives me like hillary duff coming of age movie vibes
0: yeah i could hear it in a Do you know what a, i mean yeah and like a teen drama like
1: sort. she's just you know like yelled at chad michael murray about <laughs> something and now she's you know walking yeah. away angstily and this song is playing in the background <laughs> because yeah. <laughs> again when we talk about sort of the the slightly salty lyrics that break your little heart had um this is kind of a similar sort of vein like it's definitely not not a nice uh song in terms no, of its lyrical content it's very
0: story driven very story driven because it's like the tabloid sort of yeah thing, isn't it it's like sort of
1: yeah it's like <laughs> it's a, it's 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 like is it about <laughs> i mean it's like about being in love with someone who's famous That's famous right,
0: right? yeah yeah, it's which an, again it's maybe is why one. it makes
1: me think of the Hillary Duff thing. Yeah, but,
0: um, it's a great song to listen to though. Uh, that that and, uh, the guitar riff at the start or that runs yeah. through all of it is just so good that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It also yeah maybe me think that it could be like in the opening titles of a teen drama. Yeah, or just something the instrumental. Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's it's brief, but that's kind of all I've got to say no, about that one. Yeah, um, I mean it's not
0: one, it's not one that sort of stands out. It, like it's an yeah. album track for sure. It's an
1: album track. It never gets played live, which again is why the 2019 anniversary of the album was so yeah. good because we got to hear songs that have literally never been played live, and they definitely. I mean, Alex especially, but they definitely all had to, like, relearn them, which was oh. also really funny to see in the documentary.
0: A hundred percent, which is um, actually the case for all three of these songs. Well, like, yes. Little Games and my next one, yeah, which is absolutely. track seven, Hello, Brooklyn. Hello, Brooklyn, hey LA, take the streets all night because
1: we sleep all day.
0: Hello Brooklyn has never been played live and neither has Walls. Which I just don't understand. <laughs> like, not even at an album release. Did thing. they? Pl- I think they.
1: They maybe did. They play it recently. Hello, Brooklyn. Yeah, I
0: think they did. But did someone? I request remember seeing it?
1: Alex tweet about messing up the order of the towns.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like up until recently, like they never. It was never on a set list when the album yeah. came out or anything like that.
1: Oh yeah, no, they did it in December of twenty nineteen. It looks like they performed um. it live. Um. In New Jersey. So it was at an, it was an, they did an anniversary show. Um,
0: oh, okay, they did do one. Uh,
1: they did one in Los Angeles in December of 2019 and they performed Hello Brooklyn and Walls for the first ever time live. It may also right. be the only ever time.
0: <laughs> it, I, I'm pretty sure it had to have been because in that documentary they said specifically that they had never, but they might have record. they might have done that documentary before they did those shows, I'm assuming. But
1: Alex said there's a reason um, why it's never been played live before. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, like it's an album track and they don't, I mean, so All Time Low, especially at that time, had literally, but Walls is one of the best flipping songs. Like Hello Brooklyn, fine, but like never playing Walls, like it's so good. That's why, again, it was awesome that they re-recorded them because I, I never heard a different, not that they arranged them much differently, but, you know, like to hear them just sing that song... Was so yeah. good, and a note about Hello Brooklyn is that's my mum's favourite all time low yeah, song. Yeah, I was about to say. I was hoping I this love.
1: was coming up for a shout out.
0: I love that she loves this song, and I think it's fitting that it is her favourite since it's probably the most positive song on the record. Yeah, um, even though it's talking about the end of the end of the world, um, but there is a party somewhere. Um, There's a party and, somewhere and, and we can so, go to it. So. Exactly. So I love that because my mum is a very positive person. Um. And yeah. So she she loves it. I don't. I don't know why it's such a random one to pick out of all of the all time low songs that ever have existed. But. Um, you yeah, know what, everyone's got their favourites. What did you I have know, before? Someone so
1: whose favourite song was whatever, Break Shutter. Your Little Heart. Yeah, yeah, Break Your Little Heart, you know. Mm. Got to go for the vibes. But, yeah. yes, next up. So, yeah, it's quite the duo of have never been played live except for that one-time songs, but, you know, uh, bangers. Walls, which yeah. I know you love. What else could ever mean hey, love? Well. Again, written by the band, and then also David Bendeth, who um, is another really well-known, really successful producer. Yep, who has worked with a bunch of different famous artists. He's been around for a really long time. Um, so he's worked with Paramore, he's worked with Elvis, Live yeah. Hawthorne Heights, A Day to Remember, Taking Back Sunday, Kaiser Chiefs, Bring Me the Horizon, of Bison Men, uh, so on and so forth. Tonight Alive, Sleeping with Sirens, all of all of those kind of guys this guy has worked with. And Walls, I've described it as like a friends to lovers anthem.
0: Yeah, I (laughs) to use
1: use a trope. Um, It
0: is. I would say it's in my top five love songs of all time. Yeah. For me personally. I think it's it's just it's such a great song.
1: And I think, you know, like lyrically, you're talking about finally like declaring your feelings and letting you be vulnerable with this person and all that kind of stuff. The drums are killer. Mm. The drums make me want to like go to war. I'm just like, let's go! <laughs> like, <laughs> very come epidemic. on! <laughs> almost, almost broke out into a run on my walk today. I was that inspired, <laughs> oh, and that's rap. that's saying something. But it's just yeah, and I mean the yeah the vocal on it is really good as well. With the again with those like echoing sort of harmony sort of vibes that we've got going on. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, it is it is a great love song. I think. Um, yeah. I'm trying really hard not to signal that because it's just playing in my head, but I'm sure you put a clip in. I won't <laughs> I'll subject everyone in. to that. But it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 one of those ones, and as well, because we are, how many tracks are we? Seven tracks in ish now. This is the
0: eighth one. Yeah, so, yeah, so we're in the deep at this end. point in
1: the album. You're kind of, you know, thinking like, what more is there left to offer? So yeah. I think it's a real, um, yeah, it's a real kind of punch in the face, but in a good
0: way. Yeah, yeah, and, then, and I and it then transitions into track nine, which is Too Much. Yes, and I think that between Walls and Keep the Change, Too Much is a nice little uh transitional song, yeah, um, and that's so, a little interlude, exactly, and sonically the most different i would say um and that's probably due to the fact that they worked with tricky and the dream who are Ooh. massive r&b hip-hop producers that have made some of like the biggest songs ever including umbrella by rihanna single oh ladies God. what song and baby
1: oh just a by few, the Biebs. just a few just a few
0: hits then i know just casual um and i think Squire produced it as well. So a lot of like a lot of different influences on this one. Too much it's super synthy, um, and they described it as like a stream of consciousness lyrically which I think it's it it totally is that like the chorus is simple and very obvious but it flows into the verses really nicely um and just sort of it just coasts as I've described in the past it's just one of those songs that just happens and then sort of gets a little bit heavier and kicks up a notch in the end which is why it is really like the perfect transition um into sort of the later part of the album because like the next two songs are very pop punk yes Um, but yeah, too much is a weird one. Like I love it and I loved watching them rearrange it a little bit. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, being more instrumental, considering like it was very produced in its yeah. original form. It's a good little good little song. Definitely not like one of the faves. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know. But it's, I love you know, I love listening a, to it. Skip. Never skip it. Never ever exactly. skip too much. Never, yep. absolutely not. <laughs> um, so that's, yeah, that's track nine.
1: And then, so we move into track ten, which is Keep the Change, You Filthy Animal. A saint, a queen, and I'm just a you we know that Jack paracat Maricott- <laughs> Loves Home Alone,
0: right? We do, we do. It's it's
1: covered. There's there's a solid, probably I would say, too long segment in straight to DVD that covers off his obsession when he goes to the house, and then Pete Wentz is there because it's in Chicago, so Pete Wentz comes along to the to the Home Alone house, and then they, you know, it's a whole thing. Um, so good. But obviously, and I think there's a bit in the documentary from 2019 where Jack talks about how excited he was when Alex told him that that's what the name of the song mm, was going to be. Yeah. Which is just adorable. Yeah, again, we're doing some, we're calling out some shady behaviour in this song. Like we are. Uh, yep. I don't know how I ended up with all the salty <laughs> songs, but also maybe that's the sort of how it speaks to how they tried to balance the album. <laughs> they were like, love song, salty song, love song, not love song yeah but, exactly. you know, maybe they're they a they bit did of it. variety to contend with all the you know the ups and downs the roller coaster that is the teen angst um, yeah when you're living the emo life yeah so that's kind of all i really have to say about it it is again, funny how the, it falls yeah. like that actually the, i know the list. <laughs> um again like the harmonies are on point like it's it's a 10 out of 10 track um yeah from a it's Sonic a really good song. But yeah, it's just it's a bit random, like <laughs> with, so random. The, with the with the the name and with the lyrics. And I'm just like, you know what? We're we're up to track ten, so it's kind of like do what you want at this point. But again, have they? They must have played this live at some point.
0: Yeah, right? they definitely have. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. So it's kind of one of those, I guess, cult favorites. Um, yeah, that might it- come out here and there, but yeah.
0: Yeah. I think there would be a lot of people that love this song. Like it's one of their favourites. Because it's it is. It's like one of those up tempo ones and it's yeah, it's a little bit it's a little bit different, but still in the same sort of genre, obviously. And that's why this album is so good because it is really cohesive even though there are a lot of different like influences throughout it. Well, yeah, I mean a party song, track 11, one of the in best. Brackets, the walk oh, the shame. walk of shame, yes. <laughs> Important to get the brackets in. Just let it go. This song, produced by Matt Squire, was my immediate favourite when I listened to Nothing Personal for the first time. It was like the standout on the first rotation. And I don't think my opinions changed. I think that a party song is my favourite on the album. Um, if I had to pick favourites, because we love, we love picking favourites on this. summary, <laughs> all I do anyway. Yeah. It brings back the gang vocals again as a little finishing touch for the last up-tempo song on the album. You know, wraps up the pop punk portion nicely, <laughs> um, and I think I've told this story before, but I always associate it with being at Soundwave in 2010. The sun was setting. Oh yes. And the the classic glasses story where I threw them up and Alex yeah. wore them. you were the
1: hero that he that he truly needed well, in that moment.
0: You know, when you bring a spare pair it's of al- sunnies and you it's see someone biblical, in need, really, it is. It was such a beautiful moment. Um, and so when they played this song, I knew then <laughs> I was like, okay, this song will be forever associated with this moment and being my first sound wave, like that was so special. So yeah, I love a party song. I think it's, it's definitely, I think it's probably the most classic like pop punk genre yep. song on it, you know, it has all, all the classic elements. Um, but yeah, can't look past, can't look past the, uh, the old gang vocal. I just love that. I don't know why. I think it's just because it's such a staple for All Time Low, especially yeah. during that time. And because yeah, when they absolutely. were making it and they were releasing videos on MySpace and stuff, they had like the whole crew in there, like just doing all the vocals and stuff. So I have great little memories of, yeah. of that sort of being made. But I think the last one on the album is probably the one that will stand the test of time.
1: Yeah. So this is the one and it's a real change of pace as well, which is why ending the album with it Mm. is a very bold choice, but I think it's absolutely paid off because as you said, this song has is, I mean, we've talked about Weightless and other songs that have definitely become a mainstay in the live set, but this track which is the last track of the standard edition we do have a couple more <laughs> tracks that or one more track i don't think yeah. we need to talk about no. <laughs> the last one <laughs> i put on there this song so the last track yeah on the standard edition of the album is therapy
0: give me therapy i'm a walking traverse day but i'm smiling
1: So I've written in my notes that it's the ultimate emo banger, but in a slow, really peaceful, gentle way. (laughs) Um, So it's obviously, you know, an incredibly personal song, an incredibly emotional song, but it's that moment in the live set, which every band or artist tends to do, you know, where they slow things down (laughs) um, and everyone gets their phones out and puts the lights on and all that kind of stuff. And they usually pair it with uh, Remembering Sunday or missing you or other sort of songs but therapy is just i think it it's it became an anthem it became an anthem for so many um people that listened to it whether or not they were troubled teens or like young adults trying to you know deal with the emotional roller coaster that is life and trying to find their place in the world and i think so many people related to on an emotional level and then musically i think it yeah it's really sonically interesting it lends itself to making a live show even though you're standing there surrounded by like thousands of people makes it feel like you and because alex will often perform this by himself it makes you feel like you and alex are the only people in the room which Mm. i think is a really special sort of part of the concert experience and Yeah, I don't know, and it also like really lended itself to being like your MySpace status lyrics um, (laughs) or whatever. Just you know, when you wanted people to know that you were upset, but like you didn't want to say. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, and it's the only ballad. Yeah. So that's also really interesting too. Like that. Yeah, not only did they decide to end with the, with this song, like end the album with this song, but also being the only ballad. And then making that choice as well is, is really interesting. But it is. It's like it's a set staple and they can't take it out.
1: Yeah. I don't think it ever will. I think I, It can't. Many, it's just such another, a great um, song. And I tried to find it on YouTube, but I swear it's this song. But there's mm. this performance on YouTube where... Alex is playing this song. It might be Remembering Sunday, but in my head it's therapy. And he stops because there's a couple up on the balcony who are slow dancing.
0: So what, he just stops mid- midway through the set? Yeah, um, to like, the just
1: the song, to like, tell them how sweet they are. It's it's not, it's like a nice thing. <laughs>
0: Imagine if it was like... Can you not? You're distracting like, me. was like, sorry, you're ruining my vibe. Can you just <laughs> not? But I feel
1: like, you know, if you're going to get like proposed to at an all-time low oh, show, which God. definitely happens probably yeah. during this song, which I'm is sh- an interesting choice, but anyway. They've probably
0: – there's no doubt in my mind that they've bought someone up on Mid-set, stage yeah, yeah doing that.
1: They've, they've facilitated many a proposal oh
0: for sure it's just the rite of passage as a rock band
1: yeah it seems yeah like you said the only ballad an interesting note to end the album on but it is because it is a ballad it kind of for me like closes off the album on like a on a nice note even though yeah. it's an emo ballad like it sort of brings you to a peaceful closing of the book yeah uh, i can't think of any
0: other song that would be better yeah. So
1: absolutely. Like you don't want to end with like walls. Like yeah, it's imagine, like a you know absolute like a us okay, go. Yeah. Much. <laughs> like you just wouldn't feel yeah, you wouldn't feel any closure. So I think it definitely nah. it definitely makes sense, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I absolutely. yeah, I I yeah, that's a just it is it is the all-time low song. You know, it's like it's one of those ones when people when you talk to people about all-time low it's one that comes up like i've had many conversations with fans that say that therapy is their favorite song and that's pretty special really because it is such a beautiful song um and it just depends on how you listen to music like i've said before like i'm not a massive ballad fan yeah. um, whereas but it's i more on the other hand you know yeah exactly <laughs> we are yin and yang <laughs> yeah comes to our music days um yeah, so that's the end of the standard edition of the album. Yeah. Um, thought we'd chuck poison in as a bonus track because what a song. You drink the poison and I I let you in. Won't you trade that heart gold? I don't know. I feel like maybe I mentioned this now all-time low episode as a deep cut song should have probably been the choice maybe
1: let me have no you did take cover or calamity
0: oh o calamity was the one yeah so yeah. i definitely didn't mention poison God, but again it's it's a really great song this one could have e- easily ended the album too you know if they did extend it to like the 13 tracks but um yeah it's got a really great melodic bass and the guitar riff that runs through it is really great we'll put a clip in i'm sure um, and the harmonies are next level as well on this one. So shout out to Zach Merrick right? for being an absolute babe forever and ever,
1: like king, like, harmony king. This is this is Zach's king. song,
0: really. Yeah. Like the be- the best part of this song is the bass line, I think, <laughs> and the riff. Um, but yeah, so I love Poison and kind of had to had to mention it because I, whenever I listen to Nothing Personal, I always you got to go the full the full deluxe even though even though the last song's a remix on it, which is pretty funny. Yeah. They, they chuck the uh chuck the remix <laughs> yeah. on there. But yeah. So that's that that's it. That wraps up all of the songs on Nothing Personal. I have really fond memories of this album and it's nice to sort of run through it, and especially this week listening to it. It's been really nice to sort of reminisce and, and go back to being fifteen years old. <laughs> yeah. Um because this album was definitely one that shaped me as a young person and and still means a lot to me now. So um yeah, it's nice to revisit soundtracks and albums that yeah, that definitely had an impact back then, especially considering we are now 27. Ooh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're basically and It's like, still as important we're, now. We're really we're nearing closer to 28 to Yeah, be we're close. We're to in that second half of the year. It's
0: ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm no, ignoring that.
1: It's 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 one of those things and I think as well it's fun to reflect, especially when we have the instance like we have here where the band has reflected and done the documentary and yeah, their perspective on it. You know, the ten years later was really cool, so yeah fun times well let us know if this is an album that you loved in 2009 if you love it now if there's an album from a similar era or similar sort of artist that you absolutely vibe with and think we should check out please let us know the best way to do that is probably over on instagram you can find us at shout out old me you can also leave us a voice message over on anchor which is anchor.fm forward slash shout out to the old me as well make sure to share the podcast if you enjoyed it And, I mean, yeah, coming up to a year of podcasting, which is absolutely crazy. So thank you to every single one of you who has ever listened to an episode, sent in a question, (laughs) liked us on Instagram. I always get excited when I get notifications. So, you know, massive shout out to you guys. But we will be back soon with another new episode.
0: Yay. Talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye.